The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Uh, go ahead and turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 4. 1 Samuel chapter 4. I'm going to talk fast this morning. While you're turning there, I understand uh, final exams are rapidly approaching. Can I just give you some advice? If you haven't started studying, don't. Like, it's too late at this point, okay? And uh, if you don't know the answer, just, just choose C. We all know that. Uh, Dr. Linda Williams and, and Dr. Sean Vanaha, they told me they just choose C for everything, for their answers. But statistics have shown that if it's a true or false question, you should not choose C, okay? Uh, it, will, it will not do you well. A um, little bit of a spoiler alert for about 20 guys in here already. I was uh, kindly asked to speak at a prayer um, group a couple weeks ago, 10th floor Rice Tower. And uh, I had planned on really bringing you a, a message concerning Jacob and Esau today, but just felt like kind of going in a different direction and going to the topic that I brought to those guys a few weeks ago. So, so 10th floor Rice, you guys get the the encore performance uh, today. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 1. It says, And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out against the Philistines to battle. Boy, isn't that almost the, the unofficial theme of the, new, uh, excuse me, of the Old Testament? Is, is Israel going to battle with the Philistines? Some of you have battles in your life, and it seems to be the same reoccurring battle over and over again. And that doesn't mean that you're necessarily losing the battle. We know that we face an adversary who walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And we never just defeat Satan once and for all until we graduate into glory. So keep up the battle. Verse 2, we see how the battle is going. And the Philistines pitch, excuse me, uh, and the Philistines put themselves in array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistines and they slew of the army in the field about 4,000 men. So we see right here that it's not going well. In fact, Israel has no business losing this battle, but they are. And there's a lot of God's people who are losing battles right now as well. So Israel goes into panic mode, and in verse 3, when the people were come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, wherefore hath the Lord smitten us today before the Philistines? Listen, that's an honest question. Why is, why is God against us? Maybe we've had questions about that ourselves. When it comes to Israel, let's take a look at, you don't need to turn there for sake of time, but 1 Samuel 1, 13, is it that the condition of Israel was in such a state that uh, of debauchery and drunkenness, uh, Eli could not even recognize the fervent prayer of Hannah there in Shiloh because he thought she was drunk. In chapter 2, verse 12, we see that Eli's sons, the, the priests, the same Eli, his sons were wicked, misusing the offerings made to God. I believe that had been happening for quite some time. Five verses later, this, we see in 1 Samuel 2, 17, that the sin was before God. Let me say that just as your specific sin was laid on Christ's shoulders as he was beaten, your specific sin is still before our God today. The college and 
Student life may not be aware of some things and, and mama and daddy may be oblivious and your youth pastor back home that you look up to may have no idea, but it is before God. In 1 Samuel 2, uh, verses 22 through 25, uh, we see that Eli failed in his response to his sons. Oh, he finally rebukes them, but, but they hearken not to, to anything that he has to say. This is not to say that if you were going through difficulties, then there must be sin in your life. That was the advice Job's friends gave. Remember that? They came from great distance. They were there for him. Finally, they spoke up and they said, well, clearly there must be sin in your life. Remember Job's wife, who was also going through the same emotional pain that he was. She said, just curse God and die. This morning, I hope to give you some better advice than, than Mrs. Job gave. Okay. However, in this case, Israel and the human leaders of Israel were not right with God. And as much as we try to create a, a bubble wrap Christianity that protects us from consequences, we are more concerned about the consequences than the sin that brought the consequences. So we see God's people, the Israelites, losing on this battlefield. And we see God's people losing spiritual battles every day. What trap is Satan setting up for you, waiting for you when you get back home? Hebrews 12, 1 challenges us, wherefore seeing we are also uh, compassed, excuse me, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We battle not against flesh and blood. So who in here, because of sin, will not make it back to school in the fall? Who will have a failed marriage? Who will be a broken, shattered vessel because they lost on the battlefield? But alas, Israel comes up with a plan. Is it to get right with God? No, that would require them letting go of their sin. So we go back to uh, in chapter four, verse three. And when the people were coming to the camp, the elders of Israel said, wherefore hath the Lord smitten us today before the Philistines? And here's their plan. Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh unto us, that when it, when it cometh among us, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. I submit to you that the God of all creation is not something you can fetch. The God of all creation is not in it. God is not to be viewed as a good luck charm. But I wonder how many of us go through the routines of life in our Christian walk and treat God as just that. The Ark of the Covenant was to be feared. It was to be revered. It was the presence of the, the, the symbol, of the presence of the power of God. Israel felt as if they could bring the power of God with them, that they would never lose it. And they're correct. Listen, my question is, if I'm a general, why don't we always bring the Ark of the Covenant with us? Why, why do we wait until 4,000 men die? And then we go to plan B and say, hey, Let's, let's go get God and let's bring him in here with us. In verse 10 and 11, the unthinkable happens. The Philistines fought, Israel lost, and Israel lost the ark. What's interesting is in verses 7, 8, and 9, the Philistines, it says, and the Philistines were afraid for they said, God is coming to the camp. Uh, it's almost as though the lost heathen world sometimes has more reverence for the things of God than God's people. 
The Philistines feared the ark. They, they feared the testimony of the power of God of what he did in Egypt with the plagues. But for the Israelites, it was just a lucky rabbit's foot. Let's just bring it with us. And, and they lost it. Philistines had nothing to fear because the power of God was not with God's children. Not only did Israel lose in battle, they literally lost the Ark of the Covenant. In their minds, they lost the power of God, but in reality, they never had it. They're just going through the motions. True Christianity is not a ritual of actions. It is a relationship with Christ. It's a relationship with Christ that should move you to action. It was wonderful hearing the, the accolades of, of the collegians. Uh, Dr. Atkins failed to mention one part of my, my bio resume, and that is that I was uh, vice president of Alpha Beta Delta. Dr. Atkins, I, I look forward to speaking this chapel next year and hearing Alpha Beta Delta's name mentioned one or two times. Go Panthers. It's not a list, thank you. It's not a list to check off in, in our Christian walk that we are pleasing God. Uh, the Pharisees did that, did they not? Oh, look, I tied God's word around my forehead. God is happy with me now. This past Saturday, I went to the dramatic production here on campus. You gotta understand, I came as a freshman in 1998. This was my very first dramatic production. Now, I, I teach high school, so I'm familiar with drama, okay, but uh, I, my first dramatic production. It was absolutely amazing. I came this close to going and seeing it again Monday. I also noticed how attentive the audience was. A paying audience who was not required to go. A paying audience who came voluntarily, probably for the purpose of seeing someone on stage and supporting them. I sat beside my wife and my two daughters on one side and on the other side, a very nice young college lady who described herself as the real-life girlfriend of one of the actors. The actor portraying Coach Hugo. <laughs> also thought about how awkward it would be if they had broken up since Saturday, okay? <laughs> or if he did not know that she was his girlfriend, okay? So, again, high school life, right? Tonight, I will be bringing one of the most important women in my life to see Sherlock Holmes. It's my sixth-grade daughter. Do not mess this up. You heard all of the etiquettes, okay? Do not mess up my date. What's the difference between dramatic production and fine arts? Well, fine arts, you're required to come to it. Here at PCC, you're required to come to campus church. So you come to church, maybe played on your phone. Hey, but you came to the house of God. Maybe you brought your Bible. But did you worship him in spirit, in truth? I know you're forced to come hear my pastor open the word of God to you. But you're not forced to come to college here. And before you call your parents and say some old bald guy told you not to come back, tell them I said hi. <laughs> now don't get me wrong. I'm not up here yelling, telling you to not come back, I'm encouraging you to abide in Christ and have the power of God in your life. I don't think the Israelites even realized that they were absent of God's power. Many of you are striving and thriving for Christ. I've got less than a minute here. Come back next fall, serve alongside Campus Church, continue to light the local Pensacola area through Bible clubs, Christian service, allowing God to equip you. Don't be powerless.
You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.